the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Good morning, everybody. We're sitting here talking cars, and Bill from 25th Street Automotive is sitting here with me, and do, we're doing our best we can with respect to running our own shops and all that other kind of stuff. Bill, good morning to you. Good morning, Mark. Good to be back. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to have you. Thank you. You and I were kind of brought up in the same way in the sense that we started doing oil changes or helping the masters, and then we've evolved to the guys that taught us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it's 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 kind of it's kind of that way across the board with respect to how it is that um how it is we learned. And today would it be fair to say for you that some of the guys that mentored you and some of the, and of all the people that mentored you you've not you've not adopted some of their procedures or what they did. You kind of pick and choose. Oh, absolutely. You, you kind of pick and choose. And when I think back about different uh, automotive mentors over the, over the years, you know, some of them are still alive. Some of them we've lost track of. But there was uh, there was you know things that you do and you say, yeah, that was that person. Mm-hmm. And then after you see the same kind of thing happen a couple of different times, then you go, I don't want to do that. I'm not happy with that. You know, they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but yeah, we we can be trained yes. not to make poor decisions. <laughs> no, that's it. And as you watch them, you go, they're, they sell you as this is what you do and this is how you make more money. But at the end of the day, it's kind of the risk and reward. The risk is huge. The reward is bad. And then you always run the risk of bad reviews. But that's not anything the old guys had to deal with. No, no, it wasn't you know, like that. It, so you go up and you write Salem Boys Auto Reviews, and if, if it can come up anything. And there's places out there that um, that are, in my opinion, like Yelp. I think Yelp does a pretty good job. But then there's other places that they'll only pick some. And then people will go in and leave a review all over the place. Yep, and same they, review everywhere they can. Exactly. So, But they didn't have to deal with that. For us, it puts a little bit more pressure on us. Oh, yeah. So and, and, and it is therefore good for the industry, good for the community. It is. It is. So... If you if somebody was talking to you about reviews from they're all one to five, yeah. Where's where's your window? Where's your window personally? I'm going to ask answer it after you do. Four and Where, a half. Okay, that, and that's my my basement. You okay. know, I, I can't live with less than that. It's it it's who I am. I'm a competitive person. I'm a man of integrity. You know, okay. so and I you know my my superhero strength is I love to help people. Okay. So if I'm helping people and getting five star reviews. I'm living a satisfied life. Yeah. But on the other hand, there's lots of guys, shops on the Internet, that have 10 or 12 reviews a month, and they're up there in the four and five stars. So 
you and I have a lot more reviews than that. There's times where I see other big shops that have a hundred reviews a month, and then the odds, you know, change the the four to five stars is where I want. For us, it's probably three and a half north to, you know, we had a guy the other day with some Corvettes and he just got really mad at us. And uh, and so he, he wrote <clears throat> stuff all over the internet. But he also went to all the places that he can complain about and they all declined to take um, take any action. They all declined to, to be involved um, because uh, I think... It wasn't really a case. Well, I think that that they came to the same conclusion that we did. We weren't going to be able to, prove, to, to help him. Um, we, we told him we wanted to do some oil leak work when, when we wanted to stop at the start at the top of the car and work our way down. Valve covers went good. Timing cover went good. Rear main seal went good. Then the pan. So he brings it back with a hole in the pan, and it's our fault. <laughs> okay. He hit That's something. That's somehow your fault. Yeah. <laughs> so, But f- from a layperson, it could very well be I was oil drip free, and then all of a sudden I've got a really big leak. You know what I've found out so often over the years is someone has a challenge, stress in their life, and it's that pain that they superimpose on you. They have a problem, they've invested a lot of money, and now they have this thing that you know they're responsible for. However, they, they can't, they're having trouble accepting that, and they, they push that upon the shop. Uh, and I've seen, seen, I've gotten some bad reviews with, that were just like that guy. But a lot of times, he bought this car and he sold his wife on buying this '55 <laughs> Chevy because that was the car that he first kissed a girl. Okay, so he buys this '55 Chevy and he makes lots of promises to the wife. Well, it doesn't turn out that way, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so pretty soon we're pretty deep into this '55 Chevy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, sometimes the anger then is sometimes the anger is then reflected back to the shop. Right. And it's really kind of a self-defense mechanism. I believe that it is. I it, think it's a human nature thing. Yeah. You know. And it's hard to. Uh, you can't call the wife in and say, "Hey, come on in here. I want to talk to you." <laughs> you know. Or here's the paperwork. You and, know. Sometimes I've thought that. I had some kind of uh, role in my business of a marriage counselor. <laughs> oh, and 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 even between the parents and the kids, yeah, you know, it, it's kind of like I want to know exactly what happened. Okay, it it died. I know, but I want to know exactly what happened. It's a fuel pump. Yeah. Well, how did how did my son make that go bad? Well, let me change your question. Can you make a fuel pump go bad, Mark Salem, that's in the tank? Not unless I fill the tank full of, of gravel. Mud, you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's just no way your child caused this oil, uh, this fuel pump to fail. No. It's, it's, it's just an electrical part. It goes round and round and round, works really hard for a lot of years. Eventually, it's going to fail. Mm-hmm. Now, I uh, read an industry article that says the electric fuel pump is submerged in fuel. Mm-hmm. The fuel dissipates the heat from the electric motor. Mm-hmm. So if you live somewhere like Phoenix, where the asphalt's, what, 180 mm-hmm. degrees, and you run the car on empty all the time, you might be working the fuel pump harder than the next guy. So if he runs it out of gas weekly, maybe he shortened the life, but he didn't get in there and break it. He just drove the car. Wasn't his fault. We find that the ASU students that work off the bottom quarter of the tank are the ones that that fuel pump typically is going to go 80, 90 to 110,000 miles. Usually they'll, but we're doing them at 30, 40, 50,000 miles because they're running off the quarter. So I got a hold of Airtex and I said, what are we doing? How, what, I'm using your pumps. Help me out with this. And he says, well, they, the gasoline lubricates the pump 
and dissipates the heat. Yeah, lubricates and, too. Yep. And when you bring the, the fuel pump out of the bath water, yep. then all of a sudden it's going to run hot. Yeah, hot and dry, hot and dry. And so he says, you need to get them to fill. And I said, come on, they're college students. How am I going <laughs> to say to them, you need to run off the three-quarter mark instead of the quarter mark? I mean, if their parents can't make them do it, how am I going to make them do it? <laughs> so they, that's that's something that, that we run into. Uh, it's And that's something else that we're starting to see a lot of is... is is lots of pattern failures on newer model cars. We got that little Jeep EcoBoost or EcoDiesel, and we're seeing plastic intake manifolds melt because the EGR system is sticking open, and we're getting them really hot. We had one the other day that had a cooler in it, so we're going from the exhaust, from the turbo, we're going through a cooler, a uh, coolant-operated cooler, then from there we're going to the EGR valve, and it's you know it's a gate to open and close, yep. and then that e- that exhaust goes into the open, engine. hot exhaust, real hot. So the EGR sticks open, so the turbo is blowing in there pretty good, yeah, and it just superheats the plastic manifold and just melts it. Yeah. Then we got the coolers leaking now, and that's ethylene glycol. Now we got fires. So we had a <laughs> a, a truck in the other day, not in, but I was working with the insurance company, burnt front bumper to back bumper wow driving down the road hauling a horse trailer which might be a problem down the road depending on the weight of the horses and the trailer right. best on gross gross vehicle as or far gross as their, combined their insurance claim yeah. exactly so the the real issue is is did he do anything wrong the answer is no today it's no but if we find out that the gross combined weight trailer load truck mm-hmm. load he's over by six thousand pounds that turbo is working hard. Yeah, real and, hard. And then, then now we have heat source that we didn't otherwise and have. And they can look for any way out. And when they find that way out, well, then. It, it, it is. It is. There's four insurance companies I work for, and I'm not, I'm not ashamed. It's USAA, um, Farm Bureau, uh, Liberty Mutual, and GEICO. Those are the only four I work for. And the reason why is, <clears throat> is they want the truth. They don't want to stick their hand up the back of my shirt and move my mouth. And I like that. I like that. I had a lawyer call me the other day, and I need you to say this. I need you to say this. I need you to say this. I said, I haven't even looked at the vehicle yet. But with all due respect, I'm really kind of busy right now. And so my wife has shut off the option of having any doors left over. And so I said, I can't take your case. Okay, thank you. So my wife walks into my office, and she goes, what would you say that for? And I said, it was easy way out. Now, I'll give you another analogy. There's some of the older guys in our industry that I'm kind of envious of because they've walked the path before I get there. One of them said to me, what do you do when the front counter person, the way they talk, the way they say, and you don't want them. You just don't want them. I've been to 15 shops and nobody can fix this problem. And blah, 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 blah. And I told them to do this and I told them to do that. That's a difficult thing to deal with. Th- therein lies the uh, the detective work. I told them to do this, and I told them to do that. Some people could have fixed the car. You, sir, could not have fixed the car. Not by Google and talking to some <laughs> kid on Google. the Internet. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, well, what is the answer? And he goes, throw a big number in front of him for diagnosis. And I said, so what's a big number? And he goes, well, most of the guys in town are going to be 100, 125. And, and I said, well, let's open it up to 75 to 125. Because mm-hmm. I think that's the norm. And he goes, all right, just double it. Double it? 250? And he goes, yeah, if you throw 250 at them, they're going to walk out. 
they're going to tell everybody they hate your guts, but most of their neighbors already know about that customer anyway. <laughs> I'm going, this is psychiatric crap. You know, this is, I said, what do you do? He goes, I work for customer service for a big food chain. Okay. You know, so you can't do that with a guy from a grocery store. Right. You can't say to him, I'm going to double your bill. He says, I know, but if they're mad at you, then they're probably going to go someplace else. But he says, sometimes I'm fighting over four chicken legs. Yeah. So, it's a commodity. Exactly. D- d- diagnosis, tests, and repairs, it's it's not a commodity. Yeah. We, so, we've started saying the best you can hope for um, is less than $125 for the diagnosis, and it costs a buck to fix it. That's the best, that's the best you, you can, can hope for. for. Yeah. Now, you need to know that the the fix could be three times the diagnosis. Right. But it's really a situation where you don't know. Is it a bad connection? Is it a vacuum line that's come off? You have all these different dynamics, but the best is it, the best would be $75, the low side of the diagnostic dollars, and you fix it for 5 bucks. So that's the best that can happen. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. When we come back, I've got this book in my hand, Bill. And it says the 65 best auto repair shops in and around um, Phoenix, and it's dated 1998. And so this is when we it's not first. Fresh. Yeah, it's not fresh. But there are five shops that are on this that are still on my best car repair shop list. Out five of, of them out of 65. So this was back then too, yeah. in 1998. So what's that? 22 years ago. So when we first started this, so when we get back, we'll talk about them. But the lines are open if you have a car question, a car dilemma, if you want to ask uh, something about, if you have an argument with your wife, then call us and give us both sides, and we'll decide who's right or who's wrong. But, of course, we're not going to tell you where our shops are at because we don't want your wife coming and hunting us down, and we don't want you, but I'm just joking. 602-508-0960. Phoenix Body Works is a family-owned and operated collision repair facility that opened in 1982. That's over 35 years ago, helping family and friends with their collision repair needs with unparalleled honesty, integrity, and quality. We have grown into the finest collision repair facility in the Valley of the Sun. We are located on 19th Avenue, one half block north of Deer Valley Road. We're open Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. and on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 12 noon for estimates. Give us a call at 623-582-1434 or visit our website at www.phxbodyworks.com, view our YouTube video, or read our Yelp reviews. Remember, it's your vehicle, and you decide who repairs your vehicle, not the insurance company. We work with all insurance companies on your behalf and eliminate the stress of dealing with the repairs. We are not beholden to the insurance company. At Phoenix Body Works, we work for you. When does a person get rights? When a person is a person. In the new movie, Divided Hearts of America, Super Bowl champion Benjamin Watson searches for the truth about the most polarizing debate of our century. One that boils down to the sacred dignity of human life. This is one of the worst possible choices that any woman and her family has to make. Go to SalemNow.com to purchase Divided Hearts of America. And use promo code PHOENIX for 20% off. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. America's wounded warriors are coming home. 
After serving on foreign shores, these brave men and women are returning to their families and communities. Many have wounds you can see, and many have wounds you can't see, like post-traumatic stress disorder. Now that these warriors are back home, they are ready to enter the civilian workforce. To help, Wounded Warrior Project has developed the Warriors to Work program, a career counseling service that helps warriors translate their military experience to the civilian workplace. These extraordinary men and women bring proven world-class job skills and a unique perspective on teamwork to the job. And to ensure the right warrior finds the right job, Wounded Warrior Project works with employers to find just the right match. When you hire a wounded warrior, you hire an intelligent, talented, and committed new employee. Contact Wounded Warrior Project at findwwp.org. Welcome home the brave. I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores. And at 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit, that accidentally started a wildfire when a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Patriot app tip number four. Listening to Seth from 3 to 6 p.m. and want to chime in? Open your Patriot app, click the upper left-hand corner, and click on Call Studio. It's that easy. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Don't miss a thing with the all-new Patriot app. Just visit your app store and download today. 21 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock, my name is Mark Salem, and Bill from 25th Street Auto, which is 25th Street in Indian School. I've always respected you because you've always done a good job. And the more you keep me out of trouble from people complaining to me about a shop, the better I like it. And what's really nice about you is is that that's, that area around 25th Avenue and in Indian School is an area that doesn't necessarily have, in my opinion, lots of good shops. So it's really nice to be able to send them to you and have you not set their ass on fire and turn around and have them come see me. And I, I meant but. I'm sorry. So it was, it was, it's just nice that you do it and you do it good and they're happy. And I think that makes you a hero. And to some extent, it makes me a hero as opposed to the alternative, which is you really make them mad. Now they hate both of us. So that's kind of nice. I appreciate that. George. Good morning, George. How can we help you? George. Yes, sir. Yeah. uh... Go ahead, George. Okay, Chuck, we're going to go to you. Chuck, how can we help you? Hey, Mark. I've got an 07 Chevy Silverado, and uh, it's got two outlets on the dash. One's a cigarette lighter, the other's just an auxiliary. I had one of those inflatable pumps hooked up to it, and apparently it blew a fuse. And I've been all through this thing, and I cannot find what fuse is blown. I pulled everyone out and checked them. All my fuses are good. And I just, I just don't know where to go. Thought maybe you might be able to help. I, I don't have the wiring diagrams and the, and the individual fuse box locations memorized for every car. Some cars oh, have I more than one fuse box. Yeah. Yeah, I have two. Yeah, I have okay. one on the side of the dash and one under the hood. Okay, and and most of those, when you take the lid off, it'll tell you what the fuse is and what it does. 
And Oh, you're um, right. And I've looked, and it actually, in my manual, it gives me a description of what it does. And um, there's one that says close. It says auxiliary power, but uh, it's fine. So I, okay. <laughs> well, I don't, we don't know. I thought know. this might be one of those strange things that you might have run across. That's all. Well, actually, we, we have... It, Mark and I have probably seen everything. Um, it, you usually find for these type problems, e- either listed as cigarette or cigar lighter or auxiliary power port, like you mm-hmm. found one listed as auxiliary power port. And checking the fuse is, is a great thing to try. But since the fuse, quote-unquote, checks right when you take it off, it's not blown, doesn't mean that electricity is really flowing through it because under current it could open up. Uh, you would check a fuse's performance with the circuit live and a test light. However, you know, and that's if you have a test light, and they're pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can, you can, if you like to do things yourself, get one of those and give it a try. But what you might find is, in order to make a power port work, the, the outer shell is usually the ground, and the terminal directly center, if you go way looking inside that, is the, is the 12-volt power source. So what you'd want to do is check both sides of that. Do we have a path to ground? Do we have power to it? You may find that it's the receptacle itself that has failed and not the fuse. And and and, and the test light's going to have a clip for the ground and an ice pick on the other end. And obviously, you can go to that, but you don't want to touch the two of them together. And you could actually hook the ground to the shell, mm-hmm. and you could take the ice pick and run down the center. And that light better light. Now, your way was good. Go to ground, any ground with your test light half, and then just touch the fuse on both sides. Yep. There's all of this. The last resort is is we have wiring diagrams, and so we can go in and find out where that's fused or what, where it is. But the fundamental basics is we need power through the fuse, and we need the, we need to have the power in the receptacle, in the auxiliary power that's receptacle. The basics. And so those are the basics, but we also have to have a ground. And so we're, it could be a socket that's bad. I mean, but this is so simple. The test light with the negative on the shell of the of the female tube, and and then you run the ice pick right down the center, and, and you better have a good bright light. And if not, then we're going to have to start from the socket backwards. And then, yep, somewhere between that fuse and that socket, there's what they call an open circuit. Electricity is not flowing. So it does, on a 1 to 10 scale for us, this isn't... Uh, this isn't a three or a four on no, a one to ten no, scale. No, this is fun. You know, yeah. car stuff has gotten technical enough where it, it isn't always fun to work on, but this one, this one's pretty straightforward. Yeah, and this isn't this isn't anything that's going to stump us. This is going to be something that we can check out in an easy fifteen or twenty minutes. Now, this is one of those examples that sometimes it's twenty to find it, thirty to find it, forty to find it, and a buck to fix it. <laughs> and so it's small numbers they, like that. Yeah. yeah. And so you know it's kind of kind of uh, I remember that we had a radar detector in somebody's car and the shell had come unscrewed. And so we literally took some small vice grips and just held onto the back of it and then just and tightened it. In. It was all you had to do. To That's fix all we had to yeah. do. That's all we had to do. So and and but that was a customer that had been us with us for well they had a three digit number and we're up to thirty eight thousand <laughs> so that was one of those things where management decided we'll pay the technician but we're going to no charge this ticket just because of the right. customer goodwill yeah goodwill so Chuck hopefully we set you on the right track and we gave you a couple of ways to test it and uh, hey Gail did uh, we get George back or do we have anybody else uh, we don't have George but we have another caller Patrick Patrick good morning hey good morning. You guys have a great show. God tell Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Hey, question, couple of questions. I have a 2017 Hyundai Sonata Sport that I am blown away with how much I love this car. I used to drive Porsches, and I'm having a great time with this car. But I have a couple <laughs> of questions for you. I'm not very uh, technically aware of a couple of things. Um, uh, it's got the Shiftronic transmission, you know, where I can do like the uh, old hydro stick uh, routine if I want to do it, which I do a lot of. But I was told by somebody that if you downshift from high revs on this uh, uh, Selectronic Shiftronic transmission, it's not good for it. What do you know about that? Well, I know that cars are only so strong, and they're not really race cars. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. To to put a big load on a uh, economical car's transmission it is probably not something that you want to do if you want this car to last two hundred thousand miles. But you should be able to downshift the car without blowing it up. And, and let me sure. let me kind of add to that too. Without a doubt, the newer model cars, and I'm going to go from 2012 north of that. They're not going to let you do anything that's going Too to hurt stupid. them. Yeah. <laughs> so you you can you, you know you can do whatever you want, but if all of a sudden it goes into neutral and then you slow down to 20 miles an hour, and all of a sudden you can feel the transmission take hold, it's because the computer said. No, Patrick, we're Stop not going to do that. <laughs> and so, yeah, and, and, I, and, I, and I don't abuse it with the revs either. I mean, uh, but I'm pretty sensitive to it. But still, I do it a lot. I do downshift a lot, and, and I blow it out uh, every once a day at least. And and really, taking it up close to the red line is not going to hurt it. But if you have the backbone, you can take it up and try to go past the red line, and it's not going to let you. It's just yeah, not going to let you. I don't do that. So, yeah, there's Governor. Okay, that's great. The answer to that question. A second question I have is, I have a switch on this car that is uh, on the drive mode where I can go to sport, yeah. drive, and I I read up on it where it says that what it does is it changes to a more stiff uh, suspension, which I can frankly tell, I think, when I'm driving at speed, it's a lot more stable. The steering wheel seems to thicken up a little bit, uh, less power steering, and uh, it said that it shifts 30% of the power to the back wheels. How does that work? Okay. Well, we're going to tell you, but we got 10 seconds left on this break. So you stay right there. Everybody else, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Rain Tree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Rain Tree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Rain Tree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint and it's waterborne paint so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. Hi, this is Albert Moeller with a brief word on the upcoming election. So much is at stake. Register, make your plans to vote today, and then vote. This week in the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. 
Brought to you in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. The noise and the drama build as we approach Election Day, while elite media ignores half of the electorate. A mainstream media and a social media complex that's literally trying to censor real news. Join us for our program. Sign up for our podcast at townhallreview.com. Sundays at 7 p.m. on KKNT 960 The Patriot. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. Whoa, a new digital music player. Thanks, Mom. Oh, I'm glad you like it. Because I can't wait to toss the big stereo. And now that we got your dad that big HD TV he wanted, we can throw out our old TV, too. Hold up. You can't just throw out electronics. Really? They need to be recycled or donated. And how would we do that? It's so easy, Mom. Today, recycling electronics is just as easy as buying them. GreenerGadgets.org has all the info. We just enter our zip code to find a certified recycling center nearby. There are thousands of them, and new ones are being added all the time. Some of our local stores are even certified recycling locations. I like that. Did you know that some of the stuff in our old electronics could be used to make new products and conserve natural resources? Well, okay then. Let's gather them up. Um, what was that website again? Greenergadgets.org. We just enter our zip code and go. It takes two of us to deliver a very important message about this radio station, 960 The Patriot. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt. And this is Dennis Prager. You've heard me talk about the American Trinity, E Pluribus Unum, and God We Trust in Liberty, the three things that set the United States apart. It's a powerful idea, Dennis, and this radio station is a place where powerful ideas and principles thrive every day. We never forget that faith and freedom are part of what make our country exceptional. There are some people in high places who apologize for America. That's something this radio station will never do. When you listen to 960 The Patriot, we promise not to insult your intelligence and to speak the truth. And we'll prefer clarity over agreement. Right. This is what our radio station is all about. And as long as you're there to listen to us, we'll be here for you. Please tell your friends about it. Absolutely tell our sponsors that you appreciate their support for this radio station. Intelligent Talk 960, The Patriot. All about that thing. after the hour of 10 o'clock. Thanks for spending your Saturday with me, Bill. From 25th Street Auto, 25th Street and Indian School has been a shop that I have recommended to Central Out, Central Phoenix guys for a very people for a very long time and we are good friends we have each other's cell phone number and there are times that i call him for help and there's times that he calls me and tells me how to fix cars and <laughs> um, and i need that kind of help let's go talk to patrick patrick we we have an answer to you we we actually kind of discussed this over the break with respect to the sport mode go typically the sport mode it is kind of attached to the shifter and on a lot of cars it is basically the electronic strategy of the transmission is getting changed the shift points come later and firmer as if you were racing the car and shifting the car later and firmer some cars do much more and i'm thinking suspension goes along with that to some extent because when you go into race mode we're going to raise your shift points and we're going to firm up your suspension i don't know but his owner's manual will tell him that what right. what it's doing i suspect or... his car it's a whole package that the the computer looks at inputs like your mouse does with your home computer an input is that switch and it's looking for on or off 
And when it does on, it said, okay, I'm gonna look for li different logic. I'm gonna give it some more timing. I'm gonna give it some more injector pulse width, squirt a little more fuel in there. I'm gonna stiffen up the active suspension, which congratulations, your car is really cool that have act active suspension. My car doesn't. Um, and well, you, you know, change those shift points. Of course, I drive... Chevy pickup, right? <laughs> <laughs> My God. I All did right. put new shocks on it a while back. And then he asked about um, when he goes into a specific mode, he gets more power to the rear end. So that what he what's that telling me? It's an all-wheel drive. Yep. And and all we're going to do is the transfer case is in the middle between the front and rear differential. So basically, we're going to electronically change maybe the pressure, the fluid pressure in the transfer case to send a little bit more power to the back end of the car as opposed to the front end of the car. It's going to happen in the transfer case. That's the only place it can happen. Right. And in a lot of cars, the transfer case is part of the front-wheel drive transmission. Exactly. Transaxle. Yeah, yeah. And then it's not called that because us old guys call it, gray-haired guys call it a transfer case, but they could call it anything. So anyway, how'd that do, how do we do, Patrick? You, you guys did it. You guys ate <laughs> it. Well, let Great. us know. But don't give us accolades yet. Just let us know. Okay. Oh, by the way, I don't grade on the curve. You guys did 100%. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. That's fine. And, okay. and, you know, we also talked about this. The Kia and the Hyundai, when they first came out, they were the biggest pieces of dog manure that there was anywhere in the market. You know, decades ago, I was so disappointed. You know, I was I was cheering for the Koreans mm -hmm. to do well in the car market. Um, and, uh, you know, they came out and it was like, you know, it was nothing, nothing but disappointment with, with all of the cars. Are, 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 but I've gained respect still, you, over the years. Yeah, but the thing of it is, is they you, did stuff differently. There? That's what they did. We're used to, you know, a throttle position sensor working one through five, and then all of a sudden they're counting backwards from 14. I'm giving a stupid example. But, but today, now grade them today. Oh, yeah. It, it's as good as any car. And they're A's and A-pluses to me because they are, are you guys really still good there? cars. Are yeah? you guys yep. still there? We are. Maybe are you're you guys not. still there? Yeah, you know, I'm here. I, I just want to, uh, somebody, you know, I, I'm 75 years old. And I remember when Toyota and Honda came on the U.S. market. And I, <laughs> right. and, I, and, I, and I remember when Audi came on with the Fox and the 100. And boy, those were dogs. They, they, they resurrected that brand beautifully. But, you know, Honda, my understanding of Honda and, and uh, Toyota, what happened was, was a guy by the name of, uh, I can't remember his name, but it might have been Peterson, was an aeronautical engineer. This is the story I heard. He went to Detroit at one point and said, look, you guys plan obsolescence in your cars. This is like back in the 60s, I think. And he said, you know, I could help you redesign and re-engineer your cars so they'd last a lot longer. Well, they kicked him out. They said well, they don't want anything to do with it. And apparently he went to Japan and talked to those guys, and that's what caused them to retool and get everything squared away. Okay. And the, I, also, go I, ahead. Also heard, I also heard somebody told me, and I don't know anything about the veracity of this, but somebody told me that Hyundai and Kia about 10 years ago acquired engineering and tooling from Toyota. You, you know, the planned obsolescence and that kind of stuff has been in our industry for 100 years. Right. And and it's it's difficult, and it doesn't really have anything to do with fixing cars. And yeah. I've heard that the Kia and the Hyundai were brothers, and they each one of them had the company, and then, then they got mad at one another because mother wouldn't make pancakes for the other guy <laughs> and all this <laughs> other kind of stuff. Um, yeah, the okay. Honda and Toyota are no different than the Kia and the Hyundai when they first came out. The little Civic and the the, the Accord later, those were yeah. giant pieces of crap too. But today, the top five cars that have 
double-digit percentage of the cars on the road. There's cars out there that are only one percenters, two percenters, three percenters. But yeah. Honda, Toyota, Chevy, Ford, and Dodge are the big dogs on the road today. So most of us uh-huh. pattern our service around them. So okay. anyway, go ahead. Thanks, guys. Thank okay, you so much. thank you. You betcha. Thank you. Uh, Keith, we're going to take Keith. How can we help you? Good morning. Thank Good you morning. for taking my call. Um, I uh, have a 2008 Lexus RX 350. happens to have 71,000 miles on it. And I have a low uh, tire pressure light on. I've checked all five tires a couple of times, followed the manual on the reset, and the uh, I didn't get a chance to look it up when I heard you this morning. I stopped to say i got to call them. Uh, so I recall it said it should continue flashing if the a tire sensor was bad, and I don't think it told me what to do, except maybe take it to a shop, uh, if the light stays illuminated. What are your thoughts, please? Well, first of all, you got the process a little bit backwards. You have to wave a dead chicken over your head three times, howl at the moon twice, and then honk the horn once, and then you you begin to communicate with the computer. Otherwise, it'll never reset. Yeah. And the second thing is, is we have these magic tools that cost thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. So oftentimes, I don't know if your car's one of them, but we can go up with this handy tool and say, talk to the sensor. And we can actually talk to the sensor. Now... In your owner's manual, it's going to tell you how to reprogram the sensors. You've already done that. So the real issue is, is is it talking? And we can plug our scanners in and drive it down the road and see if we get a speed sensor out of it. See if we get a speed. Now, another thing you can do, this happens a lot. We rotate the tires. The sensors are red, white, blue, and black, okay? We have to tell the computer where the red, white, blue, and black's at. So we rotate the tires, and all of a sudden, you're checking the right front when really the right front was on the right rear and <laughs> they were swapped. Ah. So you need to drop them all down and drive it for a while, then bring them up to whatever the door sticker says and see what's happened. But when you check them, check all of them because if you find one that's, what, five, six pounds outside the spec? You're yeah, gonna... yeah, different manufacturers have different parameters, but, yeah, a significant amount like that. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's really it, – this isn't tough um, – but I'll tell you, somebody that might help you for free, if you have a discount tire receipt in the glove box of your car, oftentimes you can ask them to spend a few minutes to look and see what they think. They have the capabilities, too, and they have a bad habit of doing that for free. So, anyway, I love discount tire, by the way. I mean, it's one of my yeah, favorite I, places. Yeah, I believe, I believe this car has discount tire. I could be Costco. I, I know one of the two has as discount. I can't remember. All righty. We're going to take a break. And 602-508-0960 is the phone number if you have a car question. 602-508-0960. Hey, here's a common question. What are you going to do with your life? What's next? For high school students, graduates, and working adults ready to learn new skills to start a new career or enhance their career, there's Salem Career Hub. Online at SalemCareerHub.com. Prepare for the next step in your education. Get connected with top-ranked online schools and leading skills-based short-term training programs like full-stack software development from the co-founder of Apple, Steve Wozniak, to online XR programs, teaching hands-on vocational courses for HVAC, welding, plumbing, facilities management, electricians, solar, and more, all at a special reduced Salem Career Hub price. 
Better your life through education. Our team of education professionals are available to help you Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Central Time. Just call 866-711-6275, 866-711-6275, or visit 24-7 SalemCareerHub.com. I'm a firefighter. A teacher. I'm a farmer. I'm a barber. A waitress. A mom. We're all part of your community. Every day we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our every day. Some are good, others not so much. But that's life. It's when you experience a moment of uncertainty. Something or someone's behavior that doesn't seem quite right. These are the moments to take a pause. Because if something doesn't feel right, it's probably not. It's not about paranoia. Or being afraid. It's about standing up and protecting our communities. One detail at a time. Because a lot of little details can become a pattern. We. 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 We trust our instincts. Just like you should. Because only you know what's not supposed to be in your everyday. So protect your everyday. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. I'm a veteran. My victory was admitting I had PTSD and getting help. As America's veterans face challenges, DAV is there. I no longer see it as a weakness, but as a sign of strength. I call it post-traumatic growth. DAV provides a lifetime of support, helping veterans of every generation get the benefits they've earned. I am a veteran. I lost both legs in Vietnam. Every year, DAV helps more than a million veterans so they can reach victories great and small. My victory was getting my benefits and a good education. I'm a veteran. When I got out, I felt like Nora was safe. My victory was finding the help I needed. But there's more to be done and more victories to be won. Thanks, DAV. Now I feel like I'm human again. Help support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Way back in uh, 1994, we started the best car repair shops. And I have a, a brochure I found the other day in the archives. And there are five shops that are still on the list since 1994. Auto Dynamics, Sun City, good shop, been around a long time. I've known the boss, Chuck Knighty, since 1968. Bell Auto, 87th Avenue in McDowell. I've known Carol Bell the father for hundreds of years and now he's got um, his daughter and Craig running the operation. Blackwell Automotive, 40th Street and Glen or 40th Street and Greenway. Him and I have been in trouble before and that's about all I can say is we are two peas of a pod and um, and our mothers uh, will not admit that we are their sons. So that's 40th Street and Greenway. We got Harker's at 38th Avenue and Indian School. He's a great shop. They do a good job, and they've been around since Jesus was a baby. And then you got Mike's Auto Tech way up in Glendale, and Mike's been around for a very long time. So these five shops have been on my best car repair shops list since before 1998, and that says something. Now, keep in mind, we've only removed two shops in all this period of time, but the idea is, is that these guys have been around a very long time. Alrighty, Gil, you got anybody? Oh, yes, you do. John, you're up first. How can we help you? Yeah, hey, thanks, Mark. Uh, John here. Thanks for taking my call. And uh-huh. uh, 
hopefully this morning I'll get a treat and versus a trick. So okay. uh, <laughs> I've got a 2003 Toyota Sienna, 260,000 miles. I'm the second owner. I've had it for 15 years. Uh, it was running great. And then recently I went out to crank it. I cranked without a start. And I brought it to a shop. They disconnected the battery. Uh, they pulled up some codes. The codes were uh, 330, 442, and 446. Basically, the uh, NOx sensor, the evaporator admission, and the evaporator admission control system. Now, my understanding, none of those items will prevent a crank no start. So we connected the battery, started right up. Okay. And it ran fine, ran fine for a couple of days and went out, cranked it again, cranked no start. Disconnected okay. the battery, okay. waited stop, for about 10 stop, or 15 stop, minutes. Stop, stop, stop. We need to back this train up and just deal with one thing at a time. When it doesn't start, what's important to us is, does it crank and not catch or does it not crank? No, it cranks. Okay. So if it cranks, does uh, will it start ultimately after three or four attempts, five attempts, something like that? No, it won't start at all. Okay, so it's just dead cranking. So the question now becomes is, are we missing spark or fuel? Because that's it. Right. That's all there is to it. So well, wouldn't care. the fuel be impeded with a sensor or a crankshaft uh, sensor? It's well, bad. yes, but the computer has to decide. It has to deliver the fuel or the spark, and, and it uses right. these sensors to decide what and when it's going to do things. Right. So, you know, you, you're, you're going in the wrong direction. You've probably been on the Internet. And this isn't a tough one to do, but you, you've got a variety of choices. You can go chase all the codes. We, sure. we both agree that that's a bad idea, especially after you start taking the battery cable off and all that other stuff. So the no start is real simple. Uh, go buy some carburetor spray. Uh, go take a propane torch out of your garage. Stick it in the air intake. It cranks, but it doesn't hit. Stick the propane in there. Start it up. Use hairspray. Who cares? Just something that's flammable. Spray it in there. It starts and runs for a second and shuts off. It's a fuel-related problem. Fuel pump, fuel pressure regulator, uh, filters plugged. Can you think of anything else? Have I covered it? No, that pretty much covers it. Yeah. So those are going to be the three places. Now, um, you don't have a pressure gauge like we do. So on the pressure gauge, typically, Billy, when you turn the key on, we should pop to 20 to 30 to cover all the cars. I think that's easy to say. That will start the car, no matter okay. what the specification is for that car. Yep. And so you're just looking now. If it hits 11, then it can't. If another thing that you can try to do is is turn the key on and uh, count to three, but don't go into the start mode. Turn the key off. Turn it back on. Count to three, four, or five. Do that three times. That's a priming mechanism. So if it hits and starts, then the question is is why didn't we have pressure the first time we tried it? Now, for us, we're going to look at the gauge, and that'll tell us right off the bat. But if it's got some kind of a leak in the fuel system with respect to gasoline delivery plus return, then it'll have no pressure. And so after three cycles of the key, typically you'll get pressure, and it'll start and run. So those are the things. Forget the codes. You're wasting your time on the codes. You know, no evaporative code is going to keep it from running. We agree with you there. That it's more yeah. likely it would be something related to an engine sensor rather than the evaporative emission system. Um, the likelihood of something related to the NOx sensor, unless it's shorting out 
zapping the computer to where none of the sensors are working, that's probably not even related to the problem. It's another problem that your high mileage car has. Um, but what often happens with a car that cranks but won't start is the computer looks for problems while running. Your car wasn't running. It may not see the problem. And it, for clarification, Mark says this is easy. Well, it's easy to tell, you know, like with carburetor cleaner or propane, is it fuel or is it spark? It's not necessarily easy to find a car that is not broken today. So you take it to the shop and the car starts up for them for the next three days. That's not quite as easy to find. The intermittent problems are very difficult. You've got to work with the customer. You've yep. got to work. And then it's kind of like, okay, I need you to run off the top part of the tank. Okay, so I need you to run, keep it between three quarters and and full. I need to know that. Okay, now I want you to drop between quarter and as, as low as you dare. Okay, that's fine. Sometimes I'll take a fuel pressure gauge and tape it to the windshield and say, this gauge is worth $200. If you lose it, then you're going to owe me $200. <laughs> but, I mean, this is on a customer that's been around a long time. This isn't a first-time customer. Right. I'm not going to trust them with a piece. So tape it on the windshield and just say, hey, I need that thing to be between 40 and 60 all the time. Yeah. When the, the, when the car doesn't start, what did the needle say? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And then if you want, you can take one spark plug wire, or you can actually make an adapter to go for the coilover stuff, mm -hmm. and you take it all the way into the car, and you just strip the end where you can get the core in your wife's fingers. <laughs> and then you take the left hand, and you stick her left hand in the cigarette lighter, and then here's the deal. When you hit the key to crank it, if she screams and uses bad words, then you have spark. You have spark. <laughs> well, that, that'll be the trick. Yeah. That'll be the trick on Halloween Eve. Yeah. So, gentlemen, there you go. so, gentlemen, resetting the ECU is no bearing at all. So, me disconnecting the battery, reconnecting, that's, that's no bearing at all, you're saying? Well, not necessarily so. It is rare. I, when, I, I can't think of the last time I had a computer that refused to act up until I rebooted it. Well, and that, what we're doing is, is we've always been able to clear the codes when we disconnect the battery and let it sit. And sometimes you take the two cable ends and touch them together. That discharges the capacitors. We're just not ready to say, you've got codes there that have nothing to do with starting the agreed. car. Agreed. Right? Yeah, agreed. So yeah, why, are, yeah. why are you going to change, why are you going to chase those? I mean, I'm bleeding and blood's running over the top of my ears, and you want to sure. go check my toenails. You know, <laughs> no, no, I was bringing those codes to your attention, saying that they yeah. had no bearing at all with yeah. the yeah. crank. Yeah, we we no agree. Start. But it, a lot of the answers that we're looking for, we don't need to look for. We need to figure out why it cranks and doesn't start. So a lot of the questions will be answered after we fix the car. So why did it do this? Well, because of this, this, and this. So a right. lot of the questions are just not car pre questions that we preliminary need to deal with. The real question is, is what are we missing, spark or fuel? That's it. So we have to be able to duplicate that. Sometimes you'll find a repair shop that, with your permission, you can send, have the technician drive that car home and back because when it acts up, he'll be in possession of your car. Not only that, there are times that the old gray-haired guys... I notice your beard's been dyed red, <laughs> but we're both gray-haired guys. There's times where um, we can we can modify the car and say, try this, try this. We'll run a power to somewhere that's a right. problem. We'll we'll double ground something. Yep. So all I want to know is is better, worse, or the same. Right. That's all I want to know. Process of elimination. Exactly. Oftentimes, diagnosis is that way. Kind of like the doctor when he says, try this prescription. <laughs> oh, it made it worse? Well, we're gaining on something. <laughs> that doesn't really do well with customers. <laughs> you know what I mean? right. but, but there's times where a car doesn't start, and we'll bring, uh, we'll bring the solenoid trigger into the car 
we'll run it mm-hmm. through a light bulb and then plug it into the cigarette lighter for the ground. Right. And so all I want to know is, is when you turn the key to start and nothing happens, do we up? have a signal to the solenoid? Yeah. And if not, it's a neutral safety switch. You got the guard, the car in you know gear you shouldn't have. Blah blah blah. But we've taken the first step. Yeah. So anyway, good luck to you, John Barry. You're up next. How can I help you? Yeah. Good morning, guys. Enjoy your program every weekend. Almost Thank you. every. <laughs> got a 2003 Lincoln Town car with a 4.6, and oh, almost two months ago, um, it had the battery out of it, and cleared the codes, you know, naturally, and uh, it's been driven like 800 miles at least, stop and go, on the freeway, uh, all the different types of driving, you know, in it, except a real long trip, but it has been driven, you know, out to Goodyear a few times and everything, still will not clear the uh, emission readiness code for the catalytic converters. That's called the monitor. Right. Okay. All right. Well, I can tell you how to clear the monitor. Oh. Um, and I'm 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 not teasing you. I'm not teasing you. You got to start the car when the temperature is between sixty and sixty-five, or sixty and seventy. Maybe they'll open up the window. Then you have to drive it this far at this throttle. Then you have to go through a heat cycle. You have to honk the horn twice. You have to open the passenger car twice, <laughs> yeah. door twice, and you're not going to be able to do it. I got to tell you, when we do it, and we rarely do this. We put two guys in the car, and the guy on the right says, start the car. Let's go 20 miles an hour for five minutes or five seconds or whatever. You have to turn right, and then you have to accelerate. Then we have to get on the freeway, and we have to do 55 to 65 miles an hour. Well, one guy's talking, the other guy's trying to drive. It hardly ever works out, and when they come back, they're like a husband and a wife that hate one another because one guy's telling the other guy, and he goes, wait a minute, you got to tell me a little earlier, but the drive cycle is the most unbelievable thing that you can imagine, and there's nothing you can do except to keep driving it. That's all you can do. You just okay, keep and that's driving it. what I've been told from somebody else. I did do what you said, and it said the 55 miles an hour for five minutes and then mm-hmm. slow down and then shut it off yep. and you know all that other crap and i when i go to my scanner and go down to my live data i see that you know, the both sensors are working good you know the oxygen sensors and uh anyway uh yeah well, let me uh, ask you how do you know they're working good they're they're reading voltages on the on the live data i can see okay. the the scanners I, pick it up uh, I don't have much time here, but but that's not good enough. Okay, you have to understand one is lean and five is rich. You right. have to understand that. So you create a lean condition, and you better see one. You create a rich condition, and you better see five. And the thing usually runs in the two and a half range. So the voltages—that's what this computer world's all about. Is it's not voltages. It's the difference in voltages. Billy, I think you'll agree that virtually everything in a car today has got one to five range. Right. Okay. So, Just about. And in the middle is the middle. And mm-hmm. so, and low is lean and high is rich. High is rich. And so that tells us everything we need to know. And in, in your particular case, if you're not going to reset the monitors, do you have a check engine line real quick? Real quick? Uh, no, it's not giving any engine lines. Okay. All right. So um, in reality, the bottom line is is that um, it's 
it just hasn't gone through the drive cycle to reset the monitor if you don't have any codes. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Mark and Bill here at your service, 602-508-0960.